Welcome back to Eddie's Launch Pads. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. It's the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, teachers and schools. Thank you for joining us today. You are more than welcome. Hopefully there'll be something in today's show that you'll be able to take away. Wherever you're listening in the world, we've got listeners all over the world. Wherever you're listening, welcome. Now, our school website dogsorpinfants.org is about to launch a brand new huge section of resources for teachers and families that covers the very important field of mental health and emotional well-being. Very timely then for us to have on Eddie's launch pads today our very special guest Anne Dix. Now Anne is a writer, a trainer and a supervisor who works with children and families and in particular in this field of mental health and emotional well-being. Welcome to the show, Anne. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today. I know you're a very busy lady and uh, I want to talk a little bit, or a lot actually, about mental health and the importance of it and things. But could you, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, I started off um, working as a secondary school teacher, teaching drama and dance. And I moved to work in a children's home in the 1980s in Leeds and um, realised there they were teenagers. I had no experience of working with such vulnerable teenagers. Um, and that was where I sort of transferred my drama skills into drama therapy skills. I, I found the word drama therapy and I trained as a drama therapist in the early 90s. Um, and I worked, I worked in the community. The Children's Home closed in 1989 with the Children's Act and I went into a team that worked, supported families and schools. And while I was doing that, and I did, I've done that sort of for most of my life, I realised how many children were experiencing domestic abuse. Um, sometimes schools were aware, sometimes schools weren't aware. It's one of those, I always say it's a hidden secret. People don't want to talk about it. It's It brings up a lot of emotions for a lot of people, professionals, parents, children. Um, so the the team I worked with, they did some work. My colleagues did some work with with adults, but there wasn't anything specific for children. And I looked around to see what was what was there. There were some books that were perhaps American, which I didn't think really translated for for the children I was working with in in Leeds. Um, and there there was a lot of stuff about relationships, which is brilliant. Lots of um, groups going into schools to do that, but there wasn't anybody doing anything with drama therapy and, and drama therapy, I haven't got time to really explain what that is, but it, it's it's using drama and play and stories and drawing and art and collage to help children express their feelings. So I wrote a story to say the things that the children wanted. So that's kind of my progression into, into this. I, be, I became a therapist and 
the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> when I was a boy, I must have been about 11 or 12, and my, my mum was looking after my nan, her mum, who was going through a very uh, difficult time because she had dementia. She was going through all sorts of having to put up with all sorts of things from her own mum. And when her mum then went home, she then diverted it onto me and I would get some of her anger and frustration. And she never hit me, but she was just, she would shout, why have you left this toy here? Well, move this, move this, you know. And, and I remember thinking, what have I done? You know, all that, mm. that thing about, I don't understand this. Why suddenly am I? And it's, it was only when I was older that I realised it was because she had spent, you know, well, all day and most of the evening until my nan had gone to bed. She had gone through all of that herself, looking after her own mum and seeing her mum crumble before her eyes and forget who she was and go through all of that emotional stuff that people who've had family members who've suffered from Alzheimer's or dementia will know what I'm talking about. Very, very difficult. But, of course, my mum loved me. But because she had been through what she had, so it's not just listeners, it's not just about people who, through alcohol abuse or something, it hit their child. It can actually be little mundane, everyday things. And that's true, isn't it, Anne? It can affect all sorts yeah, of children. It, I mean, domestic abuse is, is, is very complex and it happens, predominantly it happens to women because predominantly it's a, a gendered crime. But it does happen to men as well. And it happens within with generations. There's, there's quite a whole area of, of child to adult, usually usually mum, but not always, abuse as well. And that that's also quite a difficult to talk mm. about. So sometimes it's absolutely targeted violence, intimidation. Um, you're you're creating fear and pain, and and the children witness that. But it can also be co coercive control, which was added in. Um, not many years ago, can't remember the exact year, where where that's that's much more subtle. Somebody will coercively control their partner. They'll perhaps be in charge of their finances, or they work. They cut them off from their friends very subtly, and that's very difficult to prove because there aren't bruises. There's no blood. There isn't mm. usually any upturned furniture. It it comes from from speaking and sometimes not speaking. And of course, children pick up on all of those emotions. Well, I can remember as a child and, and I didn't live in a, in a violent family, but I can remember if my mum was cross with my dad or my dad was cross with my mum, I can remember them shouting at each other, but I can also remember the silence. And and like you say about your mum, my mum used to do that to me as well. If she was angry, she wouldn't speak to me. Mm -hmm. And that that silence was, was really painful. Mm. So there are there are different combinations i think of it and and i guess what what we're talking about is is parents under huge pressure whereas the the kind of probably the more familiar definition of just domestic abuse is where one parent or one one adult is deliberately targeting the other and of course children aren't aren't just bystanders they are victims as well absolutely and and we have that in our city in peterborough we have we've had experience of that at our school so um it when we've got to get um women and children away from a violent relationship and it's a very very difficult time for for the child and you know they're still trying to learn and we're still trying mm. to teach them and yet 
they're going through this terrible trauma. It's not it's not easy. Um, well, more power to your elbow, Anne, in what you do because um, uh, and you're still doing this work, aren't you? Yes, I mean less less so now because I'm getting old, <laughs> and so I'm kind of join the club on the edge of retirement. <laughs> but um, from from my my story, my little mouse finds a safe place. That became a central part of uh, a group work program that I've developed, um, which is an eight week program for primary school children because it felt important to to get in somewhere. How do you break the cycle of domestic abuse? And that, I'm not saying that everybody who's been abused becomes an abuser because that's clearly not not the case. But we need to get in there and break the cycle somewhere. And so I decided that the primary age was probably the place to, to start doing that, to help those children talk. So the book is about Little Mouse. Little Mouse is um is kind of every mouse. He's a little, uh, he's actually, I'm going to wave this even though you can't see it. He's a little puppet company, yeah, round mouth him. puppet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's quite sweet and I found him in a local toy shop and he he is the, the hero of the book and of the, of the group work programme. And the group work over eight weeks looks at all the different things that, that, children might experience um so they look at that it looks at obviously the violence but it looks at his sense of confusion and he he and his mum run away in in the story and they have to he has to move school and he has to move house and he has to make new friends and and all of that but it also felt very important for for little mouse to be a boy um, because in the stories, Little Mouse cries and he gets upset and he gets angry. And that's not I'm not saying little girls don't feel all those things because they do. But my experience without stereotyping people is that girls are probably better on the whole at talking about their feelings. I, I, I don't think that's just a stereotype. I think there's quite a lot of fact in it. So it felt very important that that I could talk to boys and boys could talk about crying and boys do talk to me about crying um and and about how upset they feel and how difficult it is sometimes to talk to mum or dad or or whatever so so it felt that that was the place that I needed to to go really mm. so little mouse is a is a, a, a quite a confused little mouse and he he wants things to be okay, but he's not sure what he can say. He's not sure whether he's allowed to tell anybody. He doesn't really understand what's going on. Um, and so that that's kind of an, op an opening. And I think you can read the story as a professional. You can read it as a parent. You could probably read it as an abusive parent, I think, and perhaps begin to empathise with the, the havoc you, you might be causing. Um, and you can certainly re read it as a child. And children will take different things depending on their own experiences. So it does it does outline domestic abuse. Little Mouse comes downstairs and finds the big grey mouse biting his mum's tail and pulling her whiskers. Um and actually, he shouts, stop it. We don't want to live with a rat. Um, and I talked a lot with other therapists about this because obviously I would never encourage a child to shout at anybody who's who's being abusive. But it's actually based on a real story. It's based on a story that a mum told me about her son. So it actually happened, clearly not with mice. <laughs> it happened with a with a little boy. So it's based on fact. And out of all, all the children that I've read, they take different things from the story, but nobody has ever said, oh no, that's not that's not right. That's not true. And we do talk about 
whether that was a good thing for Little Mouse to do and how probably it's, you know, it's it's really not, it wouldn't be safe. Of course, Little Mouse's mum is there to take charge and she pulls him behind her and, and, and looks after him. But, um, yeah, it opens up conversations and i think that's what we need to do it's it's important that you know we've you've you've used a mouse and um you know that they are very vulnerable and anyone who's seen a mouse if you've not screamed i mean they do <laughs> if they they take flight very easy and they're very they're very cowery sort of um yeah. um uh little creatures and 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 they're very vulnerable and i and i guess um, maybe for you parents who are listening, and and I'm sure that psychoanalysts and psychotherapists would say the same thing that from the moment that a child is born, um, they are watching us, and they are mirroring us. And if you've been a parent, you've got a parent with a young child, you've probably seen it that you they start to mirror us because they're looking at us to be to be role models that they're trying to work out how do you behave how do you do so of course if a if a child witnesses if a boy witnesses um their their part their 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 dad or their their mum's partner hitting them then they might start to think i'm not saying they all do but they might start to think oh well that's 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 what you do you punch people and and then they start mirroring and then of course that that often then leads on to problems at school because they then think, oh, well, I'll use my, my fists because I've seen that mirrored at home. Yeah. Um, that, that's true, isn't it, Anne? Yes, I think, I think it can be. I, I think sometimes sometimes children... I, I was reading something not long ago which said that if, you, you know, if you're a child and you have to choose between... Um, somebody who's clearly very powerful although frightening and 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 intimidating or somebody who's crying and feeling really upset or or isn't as isn't as powerful then who do you choose to to mm. to align with and that's that's not always the case it is no, sometimes no. I've mm. with with children who absolutely align with with that line of of thinking and are sometimes groomed into into mm. abusing their mothers by the absent parent. Mm. I think of a, a case where where mum was was being abused by her primary school children mm. um, on dad's say so, mm. and so there was there was quite a lot of that. And I think, but we mustn't forget that they are children. And I also work with children who are terrified that they will also mm. become like that. Mm. And and we talk a lot we talk with little mouse but you know we we just talked face to face about you are not your parent you can make decisions you can make decisions not to do this actually just as the abuser makes decisions because on the whole the abuser doesn't hit people in the pub or at work they save it till they get home yeah. so there are there are lots of decisions being made it's a it's a it's a it's not just something that happens it's a dis decisive act i'm going to intimidate this person i'm going to hurt this person um and, and i say to children you can decide that you don't have to be like your dad your stepdad who whoever mm. um you you can be you you know how it feels and you can you can make decisions to do things differently and i can think of a lot of children who i know who i i really hope will never ever be abusive because They've, they're trying to make the decisions to be somebody different, to be themselves. Mm. 
obviously, listeners, there'll be uh, we'll, we'll make sure that there's a way that you can get hold of the Little Mouse book. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, and there'll be a link in the in the podcast for you to be able to to get hold of this book. Um, we have people listening all around the world and uh, all sorts of families from all different backgrounds. Um, perhaps uh, because we've been talking about the subject, if you uh, have any concerns in your family, if you're listening to this and you're going through something at the moment, you don't have to carry it on your own. There are resources and help around. And if you don't know where to go, then just go on to our safeguarding page. If you're a young person who is going through a very difficult time at the moment, at the moment due to uh, abuse in your family, go on to our safeguarding page. There is a phone number that you can contact. There is uh, ways in which you can get in touch with people and you can talk to people. And uh, Mrs Waters is in the playground every day. So if you're one of our children and you're going through a difficult time at the moment, or you, indeed if you're uh, a mum or a dad, and you're going through a difficult time, we're always here. We're a listening ear and we will hear. And if you don't want to talk to us, then go on to our safeguarding page and you can talk to somebody nationally. We've got all the main charities. There's all those people who are ready to, ready to help you. You don't have to go through this on your own. And that's the case wherever you live in the world. Folks, there are friends who are out there who are able to help you. Um. And it's so, so useful for you being on. As I mentioned, that um, we, we're going to start putting on um, uh, resources uh, for um, mindfulness and emotional well-being because it's so very important for our children and our young people, particularly through what we've been through. I mean, I'm not going to talk about the, the dreaded COVID, although that was bad enough as it is, but there are all sorts of things that are affecting our children, particularly at Dogsorp Infants. Um, we've got um, children who are going through very, very difficult times because their, their mummy or their daddy are away. Uh, we've got people who are away fighting and are in danger at the moment. We've got uh, relations that are in very, very difficult areas, uh, war areas, all sorts of things, and they're very worried about them. And our children are trying to learn, but all this is going on. It's all playing a very difficult time for our children. Um, are there other resources out there that you could help us with, Anne, in regard to this field? Um, oh, <laughs> off the top of my head, I, I'm sure there are lots and lots of resources. Um, I'm just trying to yeah. think. I mean, I, I think that there are there are books, there are um, there are there are websites. I just suspect you probably already know them. There's kind of Winston's Wish, which does a lot of bereavement work. Mm. Um, Women's Aid has has resources mm. for domestic abuse. Um. But I think something that you said before is is probably the most important. I think it's really important that children don't feel that they're on their own mm. and they don't have to tell you everything, at least certainly not at first, but I think it's really important that they that they know they're not they're not alone, that there might be other children in school who are feeling something similar. Um, that seems to be the feedback that, that I get from from children mm. and young people that they've often felt so alone, they felt so isolated. You know, in in my case, they they felt that they were the only the only children who who were being hurt at home or who were witnessing 
um, terrible things, but actually knowing that other children have not not been through the same, but are going through something similar, I think can be really, really helpful. Mm. So I think those those sort of friendship groups and things that happen in schools, particularly, I guess, in infants and, and primary schools, but but secondary schools as well, where it's harder because it's the children, the children, they they think they're adults and they're teenage and they have you know different opinions and things and often don't want to be put into a group or whatever um but actually they also feel alone and lonely and isolated as well so i think that you might not call them friendship groups in secondary school but i think groups that draw together small groups that are um well supported can be really really helpful for, mm. for young people and I've run drama therapy groups over the years in secondary schools and and had groups some sometimes single sex sometimes mixed and, and sometimes single sex works really well because groups of girls will talk about what they need to talk about without the boys being there although you know also mixed groups they they get uh, different opinions but I think that bringing together young people so that they can talk about things and and listen to each other mm. a skill that sometimes i think we we have lost as a country <laughs> actually listening to each yeah. other <laughs> yeah indeed uh one thing that that, that uh, we've realized uh, looking into this and building on this new new section is that as you so rightly say there there are so many resources out there good resources videos for children to watch videos for parents to watch they don't necessarily have to fight their way through a very difficult book uh, we know that some of our parents struggle with reading themselves let alone the, the children so um, there's all sorts of resources out there and and this this new uh, um, section of a website when we launch it well there will be pages for adults pages for teachers par parents carers families as a whole group and something for our children too and hopefully uh listeners you'll find something when we launch it and uh, it will be launched around about the time that this podcast goes out we've we've almost finished we're just doing the last little bit the last um, little few dabs of paint are going on the on the front door and then we're ready to go um but these things take time and we've been working on it for several months now and we're really pleased with it and thank you for your time today now if people want to get in touch with you or buy little mouse book where's the best place for them to go um i i don't hate to say this but i think probably amazon's the easiest place for people to buy the book if, if you put in little mouse finds a safe place or andix that's d-i-x I should come up. I am not to be confused with the person who writes about golf or nursing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's, that's the problem. You can actually go into any any bookshop and, and order it, or you can buy it directly from Worth Publishing, I think. But Amazon's probably the easiest, or there are, you know, other other sites that you can you can contact. That's absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you for joining us today. Long may your work um, in the in your field continue because you, you've, over the years, you've done some immense, amazing work. And I'm sure there are young people who have now grown into adulthood who've been um, influenced and blessed by your, your work. So thank you for <laughs> well, all that you've... that would be nice to think. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, isn't it, that we never know. The, never we never know. see the finished product, do we? We do this work and we never know. But uh, if we've saved somebody's uh, emotional 
baggage and we've we've helped them out of that particular mire at that particular time, then then we've done our bit as much as we can. Yeah. And thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast. Join Captain Dave and his co-pilot Eddie Edster, the well-being dog, on another launch pad soon. Until then, always remember to be kind, be respectful, and most of all, dream, believe, and shine. Dogsthorpe Infant School is part of Hampton Academies Trust.